Thanks, Mike, for finally letting me tour the Cage Club Podcast Network studios. No problem, Brian. But hey, could you not tell Joey? He hates it when you mess around with his stuff. Is that every Nick Cage movie ever? Yup. From Fast Times to Massive Talent, this network is pretty much the house that Nicky Coppola built. Hey, what about over there? Where do those stairs go? This is Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, a podcast where we break down the films of Francis Ford Coppola cut by cut. And this is a Cage Club Network production. Bonacera, have a seat, have a glass, and welcome to Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. I'm Mike Manzi, because <laughs> today, Brian Rodriguez is not here, and we have a special guest sitting in for him. Please welcome to the show none other than Kyle Reinfried. Kyle, welcome to the show. Welcome to Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. Thank you very much, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Yes, that's exactly what I was hoping for, because not only do I want your impressions of the first four episodes, but I want impressions of some of the characters in this show. Feel free to just let them I can't do a young Pacino, but I can do older Al for sure. Wow, that is a very good Al. I've been, uh, I've been working on my Bob Evans the entire time so far, but I can't just Bob get, get Evans it. is just delightful. <laughs> I can't do a good one. Mine's closer to Chuck Heston. I was friends with him. That's why I called him Chuck. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. I remember all that time you spent together at the NRA meetings. Yes. <laughs> pow, pow. You got an Al Ruddy impression by any chance? I don't think anyone does, but we could break new ground. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, let's let's get into the show. Brian is out today, so you have graciously stepped in to uh, serve as Don in the meantime. He's in the old country, the old, old country, actually the continent of Africa. That's right. He's, he's where it all began. Yeah, exactly. But we are here today. Uh, talking episode four of The Offer, which is titled The Right Shade of Yellow. I think that refers to the casting involved here. He refers to Pacino as his as his yellow, and they're forcing him to paint without a color. Interesting. And they use the, so- the song Whiter Shade of Pale oh, by Procol nice. Harum. In the, I mean, if you're listening to a Coppola podcast, I'm assuming you're a fan of of Scorsese and Scorsese uses uses that song a lot in his New York story like when Nick Nolte is painting Oh right right and uh Scorsese name dropped in this yes. episode and his parents yeah got to film him This is a lot of fun but Kyle we have some ground to cover here because I would like to know uh, what you think about the show so far so thank you very much for watching everything including episode four, not just episode four. Uh, but I'm quite curious, uh, how how do you like the show so far? And do you like the show? I'm loving it because Brian gave me his Paramount password. And <laughs> so it doesn't cost me a dime. Okay. All these, a la, all these a la carte apps. No, I'm, I'm, um, I've been on record on uh, many of the podcasts that are part of the Cage Club Podcast Network saying that I love movies and in this case obviously a show or a a limited series about movie making film production so this is right up my alley and I mean hey it's about one of the greatest movies of all time an absolute masterpiece that I really also didn't know a whole lot about what this story is telling so I'm enjoying it in that aspect I'm enjoying it in the sense of it's very meta 
on in so many levels of so you know the lead or well, i mean yeah i mean he's it's al's story right it's yeah I know primarily it's, it's primary yeah. al is the lead he's a he's one of the producers and it's primarily told from his perspective and what he remembered yes so so the fact of al going to the movies in i guess was that all the way back in the first episode I yeah planet four. of the apes yeah, exactly yep. <laughs> yeah and uh i mean one of your faves one of my faves planet of the apes but just realizing oh this can't be accomplished in tv and i'm watching and i'm watching a limited you know tv series so i know it's just, yeah it's funny in that sense it's funny that the or at least when i say funny it's funny to me I always like taking shots of the Italians. I'm a quarter Italian myself, so <laughs> I'll allow I'll it. I'll be tame. There was no Brian didn't tell me ahead of time. You didn't to keep myself tame, but I will. And uh, hey, but, there's a lot to talk about the uh, the Italian American Civil Rights League later on yeah, and uh, all that jazz. Crazy, but. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially in this episode. The point being is that if that's what they were worried about for the you know the book and the potential movie making, it's funny that like what they're afraid of is definitely being shown in this right so it's a, it's yes. a you know so i don't know i'm just i'm appreciating it for face value of just a pure you know entertaining thing to watch i'm not the biggest miles teller guy but he's doing it for me on this show but i mean just absolutely matthew good is by far my favorite you know as, yeah. as yeah. robert evans he's just chewing chewing on that scenery he's chewing he's spinning it back out and he's picking it up and he's chewing on it some more it is yeah. just he is just fantastic in this and i i've loved him uh, you know from probably the first thing i saw him in was uh the watchman and then or is that just watchman is it the watchman i think it's just the i think it's the watchman Okay. It might just be Watchmen. And uh, Imitation Game. He's yeah, just, he's terrific. He's just a terrific actor. And, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, not not by any means, I'm like, oh, that's exactly like it. But I've definitely seen, seen some interviews. And I've known the name for a long time. But I've definitely seen some interviews with Bob Evans. Again, very close friend, so I call him Bob. Right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, just like Bobby De Niro. Yeah, you were and, his uh, dealer at one point, if I remember yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't have a yes end to that. Uh, it's all good, but uh, but no, he's he, he's just nailing it, and I love it. And I, I also I do I love also this period in time. So it's right. just like you've got a show about movie making, about um, you know again one of the greatest films of all time. It might not be in like my top. 10 even but i mean but i absolutely i do love it it's just not like one of the movies recognized as a seminal film yeah exactly it's yeah fucking, even it's, if you it's, don't it's like a, it's it. a fucking godfather exactly <laughs> but no but i do but i do love it it's not yes. like you know it's not like i like uh, uh gone with the wind again i recognize that good but even then that like it's Too not like long. i'm watching that enjoy it as much <laughs> Because I frankly I don't give a damn. Nice, thank you. And so, uh, yeah, just like yeah. all those components. I mean, you know, this is also right around the time that um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood takes place, and that was one of my favorite films. Like, yeah. you know, past I don't know how many years, just like absolutely 
love that movie. So I just love the little goodies of the, the movie. You know, I mean, love mm-hmm. all the Easter eggs, yeah, all, all the all, actors yeah. that show up in yeah. the peripheral. I didn't catch it, but supposedly in the Co- Coppola introduction scene, uh, like clearly, George Lucas, yeah, yep. clearly George Lucas mm-hmm. in the back. I, so I didn't catch that, but that's a that's a fun thing that I read that I'm definitely gonna. You know, I think once the series is also over, I'll probably rewatch it but i am also and then the coup d'etat to it all i love the fact that we're getting back to uh weekly release shows so oh yeah episode. yeah so although i did binge binge it the first right. four episodes to yeah. be on this episode i am very excited to let this unfold over the next what there's 10 episodes to the next six weeks yeah 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 six weeks they released the first three on the first day and now, oh, they're, wow, okay. now they're weekly but you know kyle you basically like nailed a lot of the same points and thoughts and feelings that brian and i have been having for the first three episodes of this show it's like we're fucking friends or something i know well i mean i wasn't sure how <laughs> we are not sure how other people are like approaching this show because i'm not reading reviews and the ones that he read were primarily negative at least the first episode for the pilot and you know we've been also saying there's just not a whole lot of like information a lot of traction things like that but it's picking up a little bit i think this week i think now that they're on their weekly schedule but just a few things i want to just touch base on because i think you know i relate directly to these things with you you know um the whole meta structure of the show goes goes so far beyond what I was prepared for because it's even to the extent of Paramount kind of making fun of themselves a lot of it, you know? And like, I was more excited watching the first episode. I was like, okay, this is cool that it's about the Godfather, but I'm more excited about this is like Paramount history. This is movie making, you know? This is uh, like that Coen Brothers film with Thanos when he's walking around the movie lot all day. Uh, It's like all the behind the uh, Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! I need to watch that again because I was yeah. I listened. I listened to a. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it was a WTF with George Clooney and Lock Mark Gates and, and yeah and Mark Marin was saying how that's like one of his favorite Coen Brothers movie and not that I uh, absolutely agree with Mark Marin on like everything by any means but I'm like you know what that's a movie I saw in theaters and I wasn't too yeah we saw it together we didn't oh, quite okay. like it. You have a better yeah. memory than me. Uh, but I, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't. Did, did you like it? What Not at the time, but I rewatched it and okay. I and I adored it. Actually, it wasn't. So. That wasn't too long after Burn After Reading, which I think is just such an amazing film. I love Burn After Reading. So like Hell Caesar, just at the time, I think also fell flat for me as far mm-hmm. as a comedy. And I, I don't know. In Coen Brothers movies, you can go in with certain expectations and thinking is one thing and then it's just something totally different. And I think yeah. that's what that film was. Just yeah. Like that's part of their the, style. Yeah. No, exactly. I'm, du- I'm, yeah. I'm duped every time and sometimes I, I enjoy it and sometimes I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, but for instance, the, but the, the actor, what's his name? Burn Gorman, who I really only recognize from Pacific Rim and uh, the Dark Knight oh, Rises. As yeah. Char- yeah. As Charles, uh, as Charlie Bluedarn. Yeah. Charlie Bluedorn, yeah. I never knew of him. So it's just like to just to add to right. what you're saying that that history of Paramount and I guess CBS and that whole um, you know title company. It's just Yeah. Really- yeah, Brian Brian broke that down for me a lot in the first episode like the whole uh conglomerate like who's in charge of what and the sort of uh yeah. pecking order of all of that and that Paramount is the film division, you know, of, of that 
larger conglomerate and Evans is in charge of Paramount at, at the moment. Um, so in this episode, he gets really fucking pissed when uh, Al goes over his head and goes and talks to Charlie Bloodhorn <clears throat> because it's not really up to Charlie, even though it is because he's in charge of everything. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. And we're educated that of that in the earlier episodes between then like the Colin Hanks, the Barry Lapidus, right? Or Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, man, this show caught me off guard so much because I was mostly expecting it to be about Coppola and the Godfather and it's about the Godfather, but like, I'm, I am loving the fact that it is mostly just about filmmaking and the process and what it takes to get a movie made. And also like the insurmountable odds of all of that. I'm glad that you don't know as much about it as sort of Brian and I did coming into it because like we listened and read so much Coppola reviews prior to starting the show that we kind of like know what's coming in a lot of ways. Like it's still a lot of fun to see certain moments be portrayed on screen, but you know, I think you're going to probably have more surprises than I am coming down the line. Like not that it won't be as much fun for either of us, but you know, it's just cool that way that uh, you're in on it less. So you're going to probably get more out of it in that regard. But um, yeah, guys like Bob Evans, being portrayed you know uh, we were we were wondering like that's robert to you <laughs> is pacino gonna show up is you know brando <laughs> gonna show up like who are gonna play these people oh i thought you meant is pacino actually gonna show no up? no no okay. <laughs> but like we were very excited about all that stuff like there's a certain like they're not really taking this all that seriously you know what i'm saying like they're trying to have a lot of fun they're trying yes. to open it up and 100 yeah, and... that's exactly yeah. it's also you can just tell they're having fun making this that too yeah and the period accuracy is just on point and everything so yeah. i'm digging the soundtrack d- yeah but i'd be remiss uh before we get deeper into this episode, I, I got to ask, how do you feel about Dan Fogler as Uncle Francis himself? <laughs> uh, besides that he is in stature, a shorter fella, Dan, that is, um, you know, because I know Francis Ford Coppola is. And an older guy. fella than Francis was at the time. Sure, you know? but he Dan actually... is like closer to my age, I think. Yeah, but uh, but but honestly, um, yeah, that's fucking old. But uh... <laughs> yeah, fucking Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he no, but he looks he, he look he looks the good and he's um you know talking like i'm looking like um uh, yeah yeah i'm really enjoying it you know it's just i just know just from pictures and everything like that and and seeing him next to contemporaries like yeah you could fill a doorway but if, and of course he already brings up uh that he wants to invite mario to the north to have the wine i felt like oh my god if we get a fucking coppola wine commercial right now i'll shit a brick that was basically it they worked it into the show yeah exactly (laughs) uh so um yeah it's my favorite time period for so in so many aspects aesthetic Mm -hmm. uh, music film women style is insane you know yeah so much fun when they go on the set of butch and sundance like that Uh, kind of stuff Yeah, that too so much fun just that's the whole thing like we're getting like the little the little snippets like it really that first uh, i was surprised how fast i was not i I shouldn't say you know yeah so i was definitely surprised and then i was gonna say and a little confused i wasn't confused it wasn't it wasn't confusing but it was just kind of crazy how much they sped through in that first episode because it is because it is about making the godfather right right. and getting to that point but just like the fact of like 
when they say that uh, his book has been on the bestsellers for, you know, like 54 weeks or something like that. Right, right. I'm like, oh, in the two scenes before he was. No, just- I know. Brian and I went over this as well as like, it's hard to track the the time that passes. Like, yeah. Like how I'm much just- time. Yes. Over how many scenes does how much time pass? And like, it's been a yeah. year, it's been six months and like, exactly. it's almost like a prequel to like episode one is almost like episode one star Wars, where it's like a prequel to the show that kicks off, you know, where it's like, okay, at the end of episode one, we're making the Godfather, but like, Maybe maybe it should have started with we're making the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, episode one isn't is less like the, a prequel to Star Wars and more the scrolling text. There get. you go, there you go. But act it out, yeah. But act it, it out it, exactly. A couple scenes, yeah. So the, I guess I guess as far as the why the word confusing was just in my mind is because I, I digested everything, but it was more like oh, since it's more Mario and and al at that point i was just like oh at what point of their career you know what was happening at the same time in their lives right right curious by that and i didn't necessarily really pick up on that but it wasn't it wasn't necessary it almost would have made more sense if like one episode was just a character then we're introduced to him you know yeah yeah it's like you know, yeah, I yeah. just like when one from when Al was working in that office as a, um, you know, what was it again for computers at the Rand Corporation? Yeah, yeah programming exactly. probably missile defense or something. <laughs> yeah, secret, not top secret. As yeah, says. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like exactly. Like when did he leave there? Like to Hogan's Heroes. To, yeah, like, how many to seasons ma- to Mario releasing Heroes. the first book to then mm-hmm. writing? Yeah, you know, I mean, in the in the world where we're, we get obviously so many biopics and like. Like uh, for how much I despise the Queen one and just like historical historical inaccuracies in this one, I'll accept it to get to the meat and potatoes. I think. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of setup. Like Brian and I talked about this as well. Like, why are we setting up Al so much? Like, what? Why are we even setting up Bob Evans so much? Okay, but like, you know, you kind of like. I can't wait to ask you about Giovanni Rabisi, but please keep a lid on that for the moment in the time being. <laughs> but like, why are we setting up all these sort of different characters? Like, where is Coppola? What is going on? But I, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of liked that about it because it reminded me like, this is the show. Like, the show isn't going to be all Godfather. It's going to be, we're making a movie. We're putting on a show kind of thing, deal thing. But I also like, you know, what you say about biopics and things. I think we discussed that as well, Brian and I, where it's like we don't really like when they're falsified, but understand they have to be. So, like, you try and do the best you can, you know, uh, with what you got, I guess. Like, everything's got an inaccuracy about it in one way or the or another, and you just have to sort of truncate it, combine it, make it like an amalgamation of events and do the best you can and try and get the same point across with the emotions behind it and i feel like this show does that mostly well i have a bit of an issue with some of the dialogue like i think it's pretty cringy for the most part but it gets better and better but without a doubt there's like lots of wonderful moments being portrayed throughout all of this whether they're all true or not they fit for the way the show is being told you know like all of whatever they're making up or whatever they're leaving out i feel like is justified for the most part and helps serve what comes down the line by the time we're at episode four i'm glad episode one was a lot of like pre-roll kind of things like 
selling Hogan's Heroes. Like, why, you know, I was like, why is this in the show? Why are we pitching Hogan's Heroes? This is about the Godfather, but it makes sense now, you know? like Yeah, you need a little backstory to understand the characters and where they're coming from. And yeah, like, so for instance, you know, like, to go back to Bohemian Rhapsody, like, there was more than, like, one producer uh, that, you know, there was the Mike Myers character, and, you know, mm-hmm. he gets to have that line of, uh, who's going to listen to a song about five and a half minutes? And it's just that's that talk about meta, you know, the fact of right, that Mike Myers that used and, it in Wayne's yeah, exactly. World. Exactly. Right. And I know that's more than one. They had one, like the first three albums, and then Death on Two Legs, the first song of uh, Night at the Opera, is about a shitty, uh, you know, producer and how they like made pretty much like zero money from their first three albums. But, you know, for the movie context, they pushed two characters together like i understand those things are going to happen but when things are like out of order or when there's enough Mm -hmm. drama already and extra things are added like i just don't get that like i know brian is watching if he brought up you know the i want to say showtime but that's not what it's called winning the you know the um the lakers oh okay the the hbo show yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, i've heard that's just yeah it's that's getting a lot of press and like Mm -hmm. people are really but like brian's telling me like oh that episode like those are accurate things like he he just he knows a lot and like for there's a character his daughter on the show like she didn't play a part until like i think he says like the late 80s or the 90s and she's brought in and it's like you know what there's enough drama on that show that like you don't you need that character to be brought in like 10 years before they actually were in the real world in the real world. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Just, yeah. There's just certain things like that that it's like, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, this show actually seems more concerned with getting it mostly right. Like, you know, they're name dropping so many moments and they're like, you know, the like love story has the premiere this episode. They've been talking about that fucking movie forever. Okay. And so, like, it seems like they're lining up their events and like covering their bases a little better on this show. So, like, I feel like what they make up isn't necessarily the timeline, but like conversations and, you know, maybe they yeah. add events. Well, yeah, stuff, exactly. You know, cause we were, Brian and I were like, when episode one ends with them getting shot at, we were like, what? And I was like, Brian, what if they go like all Tarantino and like Coppola gets killed in episode three and like, <laughs> the whole timeline is just askew and we got to call like he who remains to sweep it under the table or something. <laughs> yeah but like yeah for instance the fact that like when mario's book the first one isn't doing well and then the wife is like write what you know and then she comes in yeah. and like you and know it's like oh, practically gonna... done <laughs> yeah exactly and like i'm gonna make an offer you can't refuse and just like everything that they're saying back and forth one another it's like yes i highly doubt that that's what happened no i know inspired but in an episode one to get us again to like the true nature of what the show is is like the then the production of the movie you know does yeah, yeah. It does a good job let's get into episode four the the one we're here to talk about today um the right shade of yellow i just painted my hallway yellow it took me forever to find the right shade and, and i'm not kidding so <laughs> i know exactly what francis ford coppola was going through when he was denied al pacino to be in his movie exactly what he's gonna no, just kidding um but i'll just do a quick recap from From my watch, basically, uh, the way episode three was all about where's the script. This episode is all about who's playing who. They have the meeting with Brando, which is a terrific moment. We got to talk about Al pretty much breaks up with Francoise. 
Um, she goes to France because they go to therapy and he doesn't want her working on The Godfather anymore. The mob gang war is kind of heating up. We get um, the Incredible Hulk delivering a message, which I thought was really <laughs> cool at one point. And uh, love story opens. Bob Evans is super stoked about that, riding that high, except that Al is starting to go behind his back to try and get Pacino in the film. And he goes over his head to do so. And it really fucking pisses him off. A couple other things are going on. There's that nice scene. Nice scene. There's that one scene where um, Joe Colombo, the guy, doesn't want to let them use the, the house property, anymore. Yeah. So he like kidnaps him and forces him to honor his agreement in front of Al Ruddy. I'm not quite sure if that actually happened. But overall, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, before before we get too deep into it, the last thing I want to say is um, Brian and I, when, when talking about episode length and things like that, I really feel like last episode and this episode would have made a terrific single episode of this show but mm. otherwise they feel just a little drawn out at moments but i still really enjoyed them so do you have any uh, main thoughts about episode four favorite moments do you want to just talk about brando talk about pacino this whole time yeah well did we get we got a little bit of pacino in episode three right yes yeah okay, they met yeah, with so, him yeah. and they Again, did a the little episode kind of because i watched them all in a row um but yeah they did the test then but yeah brando i was a little like the way they were even like shooting like walking up to the house i'm like oh are they actually gonna show someone playing brando or is he gonna be like is that's like big shoes to fill well what did you think they would do like digital Artif- like digital no, just like that, of, that, that like, you would that footage. he wouldn't necessarily like the ca- a be in the show. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's still enough to tell about it. Like, That's what we were wondering too. Like, is Pacino going to even yeah. be cast as a character? Yeah, yeah. And that guy, oh my god, his Pacino is fantastic. Oh, that, I love that it. Young, that, that young Pacino, it's just you know, that, that, oh, you know, he's like, just like, oh golly, gee, sorry, yeah. sir. Like I didn't, yeah. I never pictured Pacino as so kind of reserved like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of turned him into Lorne Michaels, but it's okay. You uh, know, I don't yes, know if the Godfather reached you. There's also, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but while you know watching all four episodes in a row, there are so many for the Italians, so many guys from Band of Brothers. Oh, really? Including uh, Colin, including, uh, I almost said Chet, but including Colin Hanks, right? Oh, yeah, okay. I think he was in that. But yeah, the guy, the little guy that's part of Giovanni Rabisi's crew. Oh, the Hulk's little partner, his like Bruce Banner. It's like the Hulk and Bruce Banner are are separated and they're like mob enforcers. Him, the guy that plays uh, Sinatra. Oh, I love Sinatra. Which, by the way, I had, yeah, that's the whole, that's a whole thing. I did not know that Sinatra was so like this movie can't be made like i can't a, believe how a bag of much, rocks like i don't know how they got a lot of this cleared because yeah it doesn't make a lot sinatra of had great. the best legacy okay like yeah. everyone knows he was a hard ass and a you know he could be a real asshole but like this treats him like shit at a lot of the time even the mob is like fucking sinatra again you yeah know? <laughs> which yeah exactly so like what what they were worried about originally for the book and the movie like this show is not exactly painting some italian americans right. in a good light see yeah the more of that meta context that yeah. i really enjoy that's fun but um but, but yeah, the, the actor yeah. that's playing Brando. Yeah, Justin Chambers. I don't I don't know him from anything aside from this. He's he's been in a bunch of stuff. Okay. Uh, he's had like a pretty good career up until this point. You know, he's someone in oh, Zodiac. Oh, that's I like, didn't see that new, I didn't see that new The Musketeer. He played D'Artagnan. 
Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, looks like maybe some voiceover work, uh, some television, you know. So he's yeah. a, he's, he's a been a, working he's been around, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm around the black a little bit. That's my brand. <laughs> I'm still working on it. But yeah, seeing him talking and then that transformation that they do is just so much fun. Um, I didn't watch it for the um, th- first three episodes because I was, you know, trying to clock it in before we re- recorded. And uh, but I watched. There's like the little makings of at the end oh, of every episode. Oh, cool! I haven't been watching those either. I, I yeah, so check I watched. Those out. The, wow, look at me doing your job. Oh well, no. you are. <laughs> on, you're doing your job because you're on the show too. <laughs> you're the third host. You're the third brother. You're Fredo. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Actually, not, you're so. you're more like Sunny, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm a hothead. Um, Brian can be Fredo. My I'm name the, is Michael, I'm, I'm, so I get to be Michael. I'm unfortunately Luca Brasi. What? Luca Brasi? <laughs> I mean, look, hey, he lasted a long time, Luca Brasi. I sleep with fish. At least you're not Clemenza. He didn't even come back for the second movie. Well, he did, but <laughs> well, he as, did, a young as a young guy. As, as yeah, Bruno, Bruno Kirby. Bruno yeah. Kirby. Yeah. Well, you could have been Tessio, you traitorous rat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Poor fish. <laughs> I am a Vagoda. There we go. Uh, a Vagoda anyway. also played the fish that they sent when uh, they said Luca Brasi sleeps with the I'm jo- well because he played a detective <laughs> named Fish. Never mind. Lost Brian's gonna love editing yeah. this episode. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. So uh, just him playing Brando and the way they even shot that and the shoe polish and the the cotton or the yeah shoes, yeah the shoes but whatever. The one thing I it kind of bugs me sometimes with this show is like how they amp it up to like eleven. So like when Brando comes in, like everyone in the room is in fucking awe of him. You know, like they're almost gonna bow when he enters. Well, because he was because he was he was Marlon Brando. No, I know, I know, and like I understand when like. Puzo is like you know big fan or whatever. Then like I understand they couldn't contain themselves, but like yeah, it's just one of those moments where I feel like I don't know. It just <laughs> I read a great article the other day about on the waterfront and just how that was a uh, seminal film in the sense of filmmaking, not right, just right. as a as a story and its acting, but what it did for filmmaking and sh- you know they shot on location. Shout out to my uh, sister city of Hoboken uh, just north of me here in Jersey City shooting on location in Hoboken and the way that they then like also shot it and and then his and then Brando's style that led way to mm-hmm. so many more actors like your um, you know your Robert Redfords and your Pacinos and your Bobby De Niro's yeah Robert De Niro's and um, yeah just like I'm sure Coppola was also like just like oh sh- like shit this is you know I would assume one of his heroes I mean I know there was the difficulty of like you know him then not being in Godfather part two but then he was in apocalypse now which i know still was like infamous for him being everything that they're warning them about in these episodes that brando is right incredibly difficult to work with but and nonetheless this actor um nails that so it is it is fun i'm I'm happy that they are Mm -hmm. i'm assuming we're going to meet an actor that plays a uh, you know a James Khan and uh, all the other Natalia Shire except she's name dropped yeah yeah she's name dropped exactly yeah uh, I wonder like I'm looking forward to the John Cazell yeah wow <laughs> he's gonna look yeah I really enjoy this performance as well I was a little I was a little 
Well, actually, you know, I, I was actually looking forward to it because I was like, they did Pacino really well. They did Robert Redford really well. They're doing Bob Evans really well. Like all the people like Coppola really well. Like all the people I know from television and movies, like I, I recognize and, and they're fitting the bill. So when he walked in the screen, I was like, wow, like he's doing a great Brando. Uh, and it's not like he's doing a Brando, but like he's sort of embodying Brando, you know, he doesn't have to do much because he looks a lot like him to begin with. There's one scene where he's talking to Evans later at the restaurant. I was like, holy shit. The yeah, that one, is especially because I think, you know, he's he's profile. It's all it's the jawline. It really yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. And then they shoot the footage of him doing the transformation and walking around the room. And they use that footage as like the screen test later in the episode, which is really great. And there's like that fun little negotiation game that they play on the phone. You know, yeah, cast, like, that, that actress that plays the casting director is great, too. And uh, Al has some fun with her towards the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. So she plays Andrea Eastman and Stephanie Cohen. She's really good. She's on the show way more than I was expecting, but it makes perfect sense because she's the casting agent you know and yeah it's, like, it's, it's exactly she's, she's in this probably like one more episode and then i mean well unless obviously all this is true about their love maybe then like she'll be in the episodes more so later on is i don't know some kind of but then this episode was a little interesting him just like walking through then what i was i'm assuming is kind of like midtown uh you know new york it looked like uh, Times square back in the day like with all the peep shows and all that stuff so i guess this is as good a time as any to transition quickly into his breakup pretty much with francoise uh brian and i kind of saw it coming a mile away last episode and weren't Mm. really didn't really appreciate how they were sort of like pushing her out of the show in that manner like even if it wasn't even if that's how it went down it just seemed a little like not just abrupt, but kind of like insensitive to the character, like out of character even. But it looks like she's off to Paris for now and they can't reconcile. And yeah, he ends up sleeping with the casting agent at the end of the Yeah, day. I mean, it, we just we just see that uh, movie making, uh, you know, storytelling, and then that, that director. And then why they sleep together is because then she opens up to the, like the whole thing that Francois wanted him to do with her, like the this casting director does with him and just shares her love and just like her understanding of why people are in this. I think she calls it, you know, the circus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just that level of, like their love is storytelling. Just even the fact that right. you know, Ju- Juno uh, Temple, Juno Temple's uh, character, yeah, that, Betty, you, you know, like, Betty. yeah, exactly. I mean, she's, just, I mean, Juno Temple's fantastic. But, but they basically have the same scene earlier in the show where they're having drinks, and I feel like this is in a lot of the episodes where they're kind of like, you know, she, he's like, Francoise is, is uh, we're having trouble, and she's like, well, you know what to do, get down on a knee, and he's like, yeah, but, like, I love making movies, and she's like, yeah, I love making movies, that's why I have no, like, personal life or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, well, people that, like, don't have good relationships with people then have to justify it to themselves why other things, the other things matter versus human connection, so... <laughs> Lots of therapy I'm not saying, going on. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's wrong, but they just people. Yeah, I mean, that, that's rationalization 101. Well, I mean, they even say to each other. At least Francoise says it. Like you know, he goes, uh, "Well, they they say they just want different things from each other now." You know, and and I wish I had a better 
idea of how long they've been together. Yes, but... that, that that's the that's like the one other aspect. I'm like, yeah, like wow, good for them. Like, I mean, not to go deep, but uh, as far as my pet last relationship, I wanted to before that ended. Like, I wanted to go to like you know talk to somebody. I'm like, good on them. They're talking to somebody. That's that's, that's <laughs> which, the mature thing to do. Which not was probably like a new thing. New yeah, exactly. Thing to a new do thing. Back yeah, then. that that and jogging. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's pronounced uh, yogging. yogging. Yes. yes, but yeah. Thank you for my picking up on my Anchorman reference. Uh. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, other other highlights of the show. Oh, I want to ask you how how you're feeling about all the mob stuff with uh, Giovanni yeah. Ruby. Actually, yeah, exactly. Ruby. Exactly. Boy, okay. So I, I I'm sorry if I if I said earlier that Matthew Good is chewing up the like scenery and everything like that. Jesus, I mean, like, yeah, but Matthew Good, Giovanni Ribisi, huh? Yes, okay, thank you. You're, yeah, you exactly. We're we're kind of on the same page. I do <laughs> love Giovanni Ribisi. I mean, I think he's played a lot of similar characters over the years. And this, Wait, like, is this? Oh, you mean the characters he's played have been similar, not to similar to this though. No, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry because I was like, "This is yeah, and way now outside he's, his reach." Exactly. Now he's given this role, and what they're letting him do with this, or maybe I, you know, I'm dude, I would have rather have seen him play Al Ruddy, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, that would have been interesting, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So it is. It's very interesting choices on his behalf as far as, uh, yeah, the voice that he's doing besides the voice like I, I i'm not like uh i don't mind like his acting i think well, he's doing a good job but the voice sometimes can just be like a little gonna compare to the most you know infamous of all time of al capone and how many actors have played that role yeah he just he's like given this this chance to play like a mob boss of some sorts and he's really he's thrown i think i feel like he's thrown everything he's got at it and just seen what sticks and mm-hmm. i mean yeah just some of it unfortunately is sticking and stinking yeah it was my big complaint basically from the first episode was all this mob stuff it just felt like it wanted to be meta but was sort of like missing the mark but it's working better for me now that he's more involved with the film i feel like yes you know because the show's about filmmaking yeah, yeah 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 so like his setup uh thrilled me the least all the mob mafia stuff because again i also thought like we meant like you mentioned like the show is doing what they thought the movie would do you know and it, it's showing them sort of like a bad light in in a way so i was that was just like unexpected stuff but i just feel like giovanni ribisi i've not seen him play a villain in much like maybe avatar right but yeah. a lot of like under all of this like prosthetic like he's missing the hair he's got like the heavy suit on he just doesn't feel as for me to me he doesn't feel as sort of like well conceptualized or like he nailed it in the way that like robert evans or you know the guy playing brando or you know fuck even like charlie bluthorn like i don't know him in real life but the character is incredible you know like i'm sure he's very much was like that so it's hard for me to gauge if what he's doing is right or is right you know to who joe colombo was but it took me the longest to uh warm up to everything that he's doing yeah it's definitely a problem that a lot of shows face like uh i love there was only one season of it and there's a little a little bit of a connection between time period and like making of things and art um the show vinyl with bobby yeah. Cannavale, which bobby Cannavale's son is in this show 
by the way, Jake, who was on uh, the second season of or second no first season uh first season of the mandalorian oh yes yep but yeah vinyl great show i mean martin scorsese produced i think he directed the first episode which was like two hours long or something like that again it's like in my favorite time period there's a couple of episodes of that show there's a bowie episode there's an elvis in vegas episode which yeah, i fucking yeah. love great show but they just went so heavy-handed on the mob stuff and i'm like guys like this world is so interesting enough we don't have to go too crazy with that and that's why i was like i kind of started fearing with this but like you Mm -hmm. said Mm -hmm. once we're getting into him being involved it made a bit more sense like i mean it was interesting i didn't know this whole i mean i laughed at it but the whole what is it italian american uh civil rights union union i don't know i laughed at that I'm not going to go further into that, not to insult anybody. I didn't know that that existed. That was a thing. Uh, And the fact that there's this mob guy that also then doesn't want the word mafia being used, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, his portrayal is interesting. But now even in this episode, we get the guy. I know he played Pesci in the four seasons. Oh, the crazy Joe Gallo guy? Yeah, Joe Gallo, which I I think that actor that he's with, he's either supposed to play... Frank Lucas or Nikki Barnes. That has to be, you know, from American yeah. Gangster. Because it's Harlem at right at that time. Yeah, that's bothering me now, too, is that we're getting, like, I was like, okay, like, we've integrated the mob well into the movie now, so, or the show. Like, yeah. But now we're doing other mob stuff. Like, I don't want peripheral mob Yeah, things. And it, it's it, like, the move, the show, The Godfather's about the mob. Like, I figured, like, that's all the mob that would be portrayed so yeah yeah, it's not like mob stuff that was literally happening at that time but they're talking about mob wars and stuff like that i'm like yeah yeah yeah. like is it really going to play that big of a part (laughs) like i'm just i'm honestly more incredulous at my uh lack of knowledge i'm sure some of it's like fabricated or what yeah. have you but like the fact of how crazy this production is i mean it makes sense they're making well, a show of it but i'm a little like oh i really didn't know anything about this and so the fact that there was like a yeah. mob war kind of going i mean there's a shot and this is in this is in previews you know for the next episode so it's not a spoiler but there's a shot of the gallo guy and blood splatters like on his he shoots somebody and blood splatters on his face he kills somebody in the next episode most likely maybe it's coppola exactly that would would, would be hilarious that would be great yeah no i know where you're coming from too because like i haven't read all the books about this and this is based on a book or two as well like takes things from facts and i'm sure already hasn't told everybody everything that he remembered over the years you know and things come back to your memory and so like there's probably he's definitely making himself look have like i mean he it's kind of funny so so already like he he wrote the book or is this is well he's a associate producer one of the associate producers of the show you know and, yeah. and it's like he's one of the main characters so like i mean for the most part off. they're making him look great and jesus christ again from watching four episodes in a row do they have people being like you got big balls oh my god yeah so that's the bad that to me is the bad writing where it's just like this schmaltzy just like cringy stuff where like the scene will be almost over and then someone will turn to him and be like you know what we're going to change history with the Godfather. Yeah, it's like, exactly. no they, were just, they were just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I understand in entertainment and sports, you have to have ego. Like, like but they just, do it almost yeah. every scene, Kyle. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm going to say. I know you have to have it, but Jesus, where these people seem like so fucking sure of themselves. I know. Oh, it's disgusting, the confidence sometimes. But like, yeah. there was one great Big line balls. in this movie where... 
uh, Charlie Budor goes to Al Ruddy. He go when Al's trying to convince him, like I could produce this alone. I could produce this alone. He's like, yeah. fine. When you fail alone, you have no one to blame. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's actually a nice little quote to give him there. That wasn't, uh, you know, too heavy handed. I guess. <laughs> so I just got a couple more little moments I would want to mention. Uh, I thought it was funny how the guy who plays Carlo is in this is Betty's like girlfriend's ex boyfriend or something comes to the studio gets like on the lot and like gives her his reel do you remember that moment in this oh episode? yeah 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 yeah, yeah no, i didn't yeah, know that that was for, the for guy. a second i was just like forgetting names so but yeah like yeah. the way he shows up and he gets so what yeah what who who's the end of he's gonna role? be carlo the uh connie's husband the one who goes oh perfect family. yeah oh, yeah so I okay yeah no that's the whole thing again i love the godfather but i'm not like yeah besides your main guy so once you say that character i know exactly who you're talking Um, about and that's such a funny like because then miles teller says something like yeah authenticity we need yeah exactly (laughs) i'm like oh that's so fucking good okay i appreciate that more now we hear that bobby duvall's been cast we have another moment with sinatra where he's being oh we did i I totally missed the robert oh well he's not in the movie he's not in the show but but they know but i I missed the name cast yeah. yeah i think when they're in the screening room about to watch the uh the brando stuff i think okay it's oh, i'm scrolling through imdb right now and that's nikki barnes that says the actor plays nikki barnes so not frank lucas but the the guy that kuba Gooding jr plays uh oh right 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 uh i was surprised how much more of the like guy from like the new york city the mayor's office or whatever like is still on television saying oh, yeah, like, who's the Godfather's he? bad and this so and familiar that. who's he i he's not on my main cast list he just looks so familiar. He reminded me a little bit of John Ortiz, the actor, you know, good friend of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. But I know, but I know that wasn't John Ortiz, but yeah. Um, Francis, Francis makes that really sort of terrible speech. And that's when he mentions that like Pacino is my yellow and you're making me paint without my yellow and all that. Oh, yeah. of, I got to go to the Scorsese house right now. I'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> um, and there was one more moment I wanted to, Oh, they finally get Pacino. And they go to offer him the movie, and he's already taken like another deal. Yeah, for a comedy. Yeah. So I didn't know any. There was any sort of like contract disputes or anything. So I'm interested to see how that gets settled. And um, I think I might have heard something about he came to the production late, but not that they cast anybody, you know, as a backup. So okay, I'm interested to see how that all works out. That that was sort of a yeah. Shocker. At least I mean, we know that he's in the movie, so something happens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they clone him. I don't know. Maybe this is, I'm telling you, maybe this show takes a sudden left turn and it's like an alien invasion. And then like the, the cast and crew has to sort of band together to save the world. <laughs> that's how I would have taken it. I would have turned into the last episode and they would have fired me because like, that's what happens in my last episode. <laughs> it's like, there was no alien invasion during the making of the Godfather. You, lo- you like, love a oh. good sci-fi twist added on right at the end. If uh, it turns out after the credits, Coppola wakes up from a dream and he's like, I just had the most wonderful dream. And he looks outside and it's like a decimated planet. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's where I know him from. Brian's going to love this, Brian, when you're editing. If you didn't pick up on this um, on uh, on watching the guy that's playing the congressman, the actor's name is Danny Nucci. And what I 100% think of him, but it's like 10, you know, like same thing with the these guys from Band of Brothers, you know, it's like 20 years later. Nonetheless, he plays Fabrizio in Titanic. 
Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Oh, I'm so oh. happy that I found that. That makes me so. I didn't happy. know he survived Titanic. But <laughs> here he is. He became a congressman. Good for him. Yeah, wow, exactly. I wonder if he stole someone's identity while he was floating on a raft. Or oh, that's like, so. Just take this oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good that he's. Oh, that he plays. You know, like just like Fabrizio. Just the you know he's Fabrizio. They have the one yeah. guy, Irish guy. You know, just like oh, there were people on the boat. They still haven't cast Johnny Fontaine on the show. I'm looking forward to see who Michael Gandolfini is going to be playing. I didn't know he was on the show. Oh, so that, he's on the show? Yeah, so check that out. Um, looking forward to seeing some of that soon. But do you have anything else you want to mention about this episode or in the show in general? You know, um, until I don't know if or when you're coming back. So uh, whatever you need to get off your chest about the offer. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm uh, enjoying it. Uh, cool, so th- cool. You know, we should have you back for... definitely for like a wrap up, you know. Yeah, that'd be end. that'd be yeah. that'd be fun. I'd appreciate that. That'd be totally. nice to talk about like the show at the end again. Um so yeah, this is episode four, so there's six episodes left, so that's not bad. But yeah, no, I'm really I, I am I am enjoying the show. Uh, you know, thank you for having me on and thank you, Brian, for giving me your Paramount uh, passcode and stuff like that. Yeah. The the show, again, just hidden, you know, on all cylinders, just things that I love yeah. and enjoy. So I'm curious how they're going to make another six episodes, mm-hmm. but I guess they haven't gotten to production yet. Then there's editing, then there's music. I mean, yeah, it literally, yeah. it is interesting. It's like, it's breaking down in a, and then you're adding on all these extra filler stories that aren't even about production per se. So yeah. Yeah. I wonder how yeah. much of the Godfather we're going to see them shoot. I wonder how yeah, much yeah, that'll that be footage interesting. exists yeah, exactly. of like alternate actors acting out the Godfather. Um, oh, one thing that Brian and I were, sort of uh floating about the idea of is how you might approach a sequel to this show or a second season okay like do you you just have to make another one about a different production of a movie that's that's (laughs) what we that's what i kind of came down on is like you pick a different paramount film or you do godfather 2 or you do yeah but is it that i don't like i have no idea like is it that interesting of a you know mm -hmm, because i would basically watch a show about making almost any film like i love that show the movies that made us but it's not like i need the making of ghostbusters to be acted out with like you know don't cast bill murray and everybody i don't need something like that but like i love the older movies because the system was just so different i think if anything it'll be like it would be similar like you you totally go like different like true detective or you go that's cool yeah or or you go different semi-different like Fargo yeah those are both great examples actually yeah terrific shows terrific ways to kind of continue on the um the title of the show and the idea but like switch everything about it switch up everything about it a different time period a whole bunch of yeah exactly like for this show like to do to do Bob Evans when he's younger and showing his story like his like how you know Al like this is Al's story you get more of a you know bob story and then you can jump ahead to like a you know a later film of paramounts even you could or do like, like breakfast that. at tiffany's or like yeah, once something. upon a time in the west or something yeah. <laughs> rosemary's baby would be kind of well there's a lot about rosemary's baby out there already but psycho would could be interesting 
I'm just looking at like Paramount films online now. From the you know, 60s. they're going to do something because they have their own, you know, streaming service now, so they'll want to. This, you know, has yeah, legs yeah. I think it. this is something. This is the type of show every studio should be making about their studio on one level or another. You know, like I want to <laughs> see the that, Warner Brothers just behind the at scenes, its best, just stroking its own ego. <laughs> but it partially is. But this show is doing a good job of kind of stroking their own ego while also kind of like punching themselves in the face a few yeah, times but they, in, to, in, to, in today's day and age of like between me too movement to just like self-awareness or like social media presence and just i mean all the craziness and like you know that's out there in the world you know yeah, i'm not yeah. saying i'm not saying i'm not saying bad things necessary right, things right. that had to happen but point being but they still are stroking their own ego being like see we're, we're so cool we can we're self-deprecating <laughs> i know i guess there's just no escaping it there's no just exactly no i mean i'm gonna it. It, there, there, anything they could do i'll still make fun of them for it so that's also me because i'm being a prick right now <laughs> that's okay that's why we love you that's why you're here and you're yeah. the guest co-host today yes so before we get going, is there anywhere you want to plug anything online for our listeners? Um, you know, just check out all the great shows on Cage Club Podcast Network. I was a part of a few of them. You know, P.S. I Love Hoffman, P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. I had my own on network that hopefully someday starts up again, but no uh, you know, timestamp on that. And, uh, you know, I was a guest on many uh, shows, uh, you know, shows yeah. of your own, Mike. Yeah, you could uh, go to cageclub.me and just click on hosts, go to Kyle, and oh, you can yeah, see that's every how, yeah. show and every episode go. that he's been on. Which that's is the easier terrific. answer right there. <laughs> uh, and if you're ever looking for something fun to do and you live in the general area, or if you want to, if you want to, take any mode of transportation to get yourself to Jersey city, come on a food tour. You know, if you're watching the offer that they talk a lot about food. And oh, great food. Scenes. Done, yeah. Kyle, did you eat my ham, Francis? One of my <laughs> no, favorite. you ate that. I'll never be able to forget it. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. And then I'll show you around. I'll take you to the marshes where uh, Sonny gets whacked. Cause that was right. Near Ooh, his, we so. could, you could show him where John Gotti's buried. There you go. <laughs> great. Come on by Jersey city. <laughs> At the end of the show, I give a couple plugs. Brian and I give a couple plugs. You could follow me on Twitter at the underscore Mikester. I have other shows on the network as well. The titular Cage Club with Joey Lewandowski. We just reviewed The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Cage's new movie. I also have Third Time's a Charm, which is the third of every month where I look at the third installment of a franchise. Brian is my unofficial co-host over on that show. And then I have The Monsters That Made Us with Dan Cologne, uh, which is the final Friday of every month where he and I are going through the history of Universal Monster Films. Do you guys um, have guests on that show? We do not. Not at, not at the moment. We are doing our, our first, sort of our first season guest okay. list. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm not offended. Okay, good. <laughs> not that we would have you on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we would. What would you like? Uh, do you have a favorite monster? Me. Ah, nice. Okay, great answer. Keep that in. Love it. Love it, baby. Love it, baby. You know what? If that was a script, I'd relay it immediately. A, a script, I'd take it to a closet and have a good time. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm getting too Chuck Heston. <laughs> I need to listen to it and work on that. You know, I came up with this ending for the show last episode. I said it then, I'll say it again. Leave the gun, take the cannolis. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end.
dia, no safety or 